Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome inside another edition of Indie Star Preps Weekly. I'm Brian Hedge, joined by Akeem Glassby and Kyle Nenrip. We're back after the Goblins ate our show last week. Some people said it was the best show ever. Uh, others said it was the worst. So it was a very polarizing show. Akeem had some takes. Kyle said some words. And uh, <laughs> it was exciting. Akeem, that was a good show, I thought. Well, well, I guess we'll never know for sure, though. Yeah. Akeem, what did you think of last week's show? Yeah, I would definitely say it was my best show ever. So, yeah, I'm really disappointed that it'll never see the light of day. But, you know, it is what it is. It happens sometimes. And, yeah, so we'll we'll go over our picks. That's what people care about the most, right, anyways. So, Yep, that was the most exciting part of the show. Um, we know the outcome now. It was a disappointing week again for Mr. Glassby, but we'll talk about that later. Um, let's start with our games last week. Kyle, let's start with yours. You had um, new pal Ron Colley, the game that everybody was talking about. I guess first and foremost, did it live up to the hype? Uh, I don't know. I mean, that's, I guess it did for Ron Colley, uh, but probably not, you know, for new pal. And, and honestly, it didn't probably go the way I thought it was going to, especially the way it started. Uh, you know, it was seven, seven early in the second quarter. And then, you know, new pal didn't score again. And, uh, and Ron Colley didn't, you know, they, they just, I thought they just played really well, uh, defensively, uh, obviously to hold that new pal team to seven points, but, you know, the, as the game went along, and I, you know, over the years, it's kind of been, you know, New Pal's MO to kind of wear teams down and dominate the second halves of games. And I kept waiting for that to, you know, to happen or, you know, to see maybe some of that take over. And it went the other way, really. And, you know, I, I thought that, you know, Luke Schwartz and, and two, two huge plays on fourth and one. Uh, Luke Schwartz made both plays and that those were you know both in the fourth quarter both with new pal trying to drive uh, one of them I think was at the 38 yard line of, of Ron Colley and that was when they were still down by a, a touchdown so you know that was just a huge play they tried running up the middle on both plays out of the spread uh, shotgun and uh, Kyler Kropp was playing running back for new pal with uh, with uh, uh, Grayson out uh, Grayson Thomas out with that injury and uh, you know he just had nowhere to go Luke Schwartz kind of you know beat his guy and, and on the inside and he was there to tackle him made it made really good tackles both times um, you know so that was sort of the those two plays uh, I wrote about those in the game story but you know those were the two that felt like the biggest plays of the game I, I, I would say uh, Kyle Ralph kind of felt that way too now there's no you know there's no guarantee they would go down and score anyway necessarily but you know, though those plays kind of took them out of it, and then, you know, then then uh, Ron Colley could kind of lean on their running game, and you know that offensive line, and and Luke Hansen, and and uh, and I thought Eric Moyers, his stats weren't great, but you know they did hit some passes. I think they completed five passes, uh, which were important uh, to their win. 
uh, just to kind of keep the ball moving and, and keep New Pal's defense a little bit off balance. Five passes doesn't sound like a lot, but, you know, considering their uh, offensive style, it was. And, uh, you know, they, 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 you know, for the most part all night did a nice job on uh, New Pal, both running in and passing. And, you know, New Pal seemed really, for whatever reason, uh, sort of one-dimensional in the passing game. Isaiah Thacker was really the only uh, receiver that was targeted a lot. Not, it, and it may have been something just that happened that way. Uh, but, uh, but And he had some nice – he had a touchdown catch early, and uh, he's obviously a dangerous receiver. But, you know, New Pal just seemed a little bit uh, one-dimensional, it seemed like. And obviously the injuries to – uh, or the injury to Grayson Thomas hurt, hurt, and I think that kind of showed up in this game as well. But, you know, I don't know. I mean, it just felt like uh, definitely Kyle Ralph was uh, disappointed, you could say, for sure, that, you know, their offense didn't uh, do more uh, to help their defense out. And their offensive line, um, you know, I would I would say Ron Colley won that battle. We kind of build it as, you know, the offensive line battle, and Ron Colley obviously got the better side of that. So, you know, it was a good game. It was 20 to seven. It ended up it was very competitive throughout. And, uh, you know, I think the, uh, you know, on that night, certainly the better team won this game, but, you know, but now, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, but, uh, you know, there's no, I think some people are saying, you know, this is the state championship game and maybe it was, but, you know, East central is going to have something to say about that. And I, I would certainly think that they would, uh, you know, give Ron Colley a very good game on, on Friday. So, you know, I don't think it's a done deal. This was a state championship game. Now, this game, this game may be because I, I think both these teams probably are the better of the two, or, or the best. But the two, the two out of the four left, they're the best teams left. So uh, I would say that. But uh, but yeah, we'll see. I, I you know, New Pal certainly had a great season, and and Ron Colley, uh got the better of them Friday. Akeem, in your game, you had Warren Central Center Grove Micah Coyle went off in the fourth quarter to turn the game. Um, for you, what did you see out there from the Trojans as they continue their title defense? Yeah, that was pretty much kind of the what sums up the second half, maybe. But, I mean, it was closer than the final score, but also not quite as close. I mean, Warren Central got within 28 to 25 in the fourth quarter, and then Michael Coyle kind of took over at that point, you know, with the touchdown runs of 63 and 72 in the fourth quarter. And, yeah, I mean, he was, he was great pretty much the entire game. I mean, his first touchdown was 45 yards, so, I mean, from in the middle portion of the game, he kind of got shut down a little bit, just kind of, but they continued just chipping away and chipping away, and then he was able to spring those runs. But I mean, Warren Central put up a really good fight. Uh, Adonis um, Adams Figueroa is a really talented quarterback. He can create with his feet and kind of with his arm. He had a nice uh, kind of scramble and a touchdown pass to Joe Walker right at the end of the first half. And it was interesting. They kind of, Warren Central rotated quarterbacks at times like sometimes like Keith Jackson would play the first two downs and then Adam Sergio would come in on third down I mean I mean I guess that's great in theory but it makes you a little predictable as well so and uh talking to uh defensive back Matthew Neff after the game he said they they prepared for both quarterbacks so I mean it gives them a, a, a you know different elements with both quarterbacks but it was something that um you know Senegal was prepared for and that kind of showed up on defense so I mean it was a it was a really good game but um I feel like Senator Grove kind of controlled it. I mean, again, there were times of Warren Central was threatening, but uh, in, in the end, uh, Senator Grove was just too much, and Mike, Micah Coyle really put the game away again with those two runs. And he had 301 yards total on 31 carries, I believe. So just a really dominant performance by him. 
kind of feels like a theme each week where just like center girl continues to find ways to win. And it feels like it's sort of that championship pedigree, that history and experience of playing in these games so many years in a row now just keeps coming through in the biggest moments. And, and last week was maybe the, you know, the latest in that long line of examples. Yeah. I mean, and I guess the the main difference from this center Grove team, obviously I would say it's, it's a passing attack. I mean, the, the weapons are still the same, but I mean, they were just a little out of sync, you know, uh, Tyler Cherry and, you know, and Noah Coy, just a little bit out of sync, you know, some, some passes off receivers hands, some slight overthrows, underthrows that, you know, if they connect, maybe they, they pull away from this game earlier and it's not quite as close. And, you know, Michael Coyle doesn't need to shoulder as much of the, of the load, but I would say that's the biggest difference. And maybe obviously the defense too. I mean, you don't replace a generational talent like Caden Curry and, and you know not miss a beat but center grove is definitely still a very talented team and i imagine they plan on you know uh competing in their class so yeah definitely still a talented team and warren central was i believe they're more talented than their record shows as well you know if, if they have you know adams figaro for the entire season who knows what their season's like and what kind of chemistry they can build and and that type of things but no it was a great performance by both teams um, for my game, I was over at Westfield HSE and a really dominating performance by HSE when it came down to it. Their defense shut out Westfield. The first time Westfield had been shut out since last year's opener in 2021. Um, just, I think, the best defense by the best place to start. They <clears throat> suffocated the running attack. They There was really only one time when the Shamrocks are threatening to score, and that was late in the first quarter when they got up to the 21. And then a penalty pushed them back, and then HSE's defense... Um, forced an interception <clears throat> to snuff out that scoring chance. And I think they only got across the 50 one other time the rest of the game, and that was in the second half. So it was just, it gives you an idea of just how dominating HSE's defense was. And it's been kind of a progression for them, having seen them earlier in the season, that HSE defense to now, and just finding ways to continue to improve and, and grow. Um, just causing chaos with their ability to stuff the run and then pressuring the pass. And then also their pass coverage was excellent. Um, when eight, Westfield was forced to throw, it was a lot of short dump off type pass, a lot of screens, trying to find things that way. And they get a few yards, but but not a ton. And then offensively, HSC, it wasn't it wasn't really glitzy or glamorous or anything like that. It was a lot of just a couple short runs on first and second down to set up third and manageable, and then they convert and keep the drive alive. And you could just see the cumulative effect where credit to Westfield for not giving up touchdowns and forcing those drives to end with, with field goal attempts and punts, but you could just see the cumulative effect as the game went on of just those defenders getting tired and starting to wear down. And, and it turned out to be a big run at the start of the second half. Um, for HSE, they kind of blew it open and made it a two-score game, and suddenly it's like, oh, Westfield's in some trouble here. And and sure enough, they they never really threatened from there. Um, so just credit to HSE. They looked really stinking good. I'll be interested to see what they do next week on the road in Carroll. But um, watching them, I, I have a hard time seeing another team um, knocking them off between now and, and Thanksgiving weekend. They just looked really, really sharp. Um, and then one one stat worth passing on, Jalen Alexander had 170 rushing yards in the second half alone. And that wow. kid's a... Kid's a workhorse. He he, uh, he just kept calling his number and he kept delivering, kept moving his legs and stuff. So, again, really impressive performance by HSC. And, and Jake Gilbert put it best when he said that's an elite defense to have over there. So, um, fun team to watch. Um, another game of note from last week, Kyle and Akeem, I'd love to get your thoughts on that, was Cathedral beating Brownsburg 14-7, to a low-scoring game. Um, obviously, we posted up at Brownsburg last week. Uh, what were your gentlemen's takeaways from that one? Well, yeah, I was surprised. Uh not necessarily that Cathedral won, but that, you know, it was a 14 to 7 game. You know, I think that probably surprised a lot of people to see that score, uh, even as the game went along, you know, that has low scoring as it was. You know, come to find out in reading uh, Paul Shepard's uh, story, uh, you know, they had some 
definitely some missed opportunities, I would say. Brownsburg did, and, and you know, just not able to finish drives, uh, you know, and credit Cathedral's defense, which, you know, kind of the strength of their team this year all year has been, hey, we're going to throw it, uh, score a lot of points, and try to, you know, win a shootout. Yeah, you know, I don't know if that's their plan, but <laughs> that's kind of what they've done. Uh, now, this game was way different than that, so... You know, they, and Brownsburg still did run uh, pretty well overall for the for the bulk of that game. But, you know, they just weren't able to sustain drives. And I think partly, too, and from what I heard was uh, 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 Whitaker got uh, dinged up a little bit, was limping a little bit on that ankle. So, obviously, I don't, there's no question he was not 100%, you know, for that game after getting hurt against HSC. So, um, you know, not to, you know, certainly he was able to play. So, that's not an excuse, but the reality of it. But, but yeah, Cathedral is, you know, they're they're ranked second for a reason. You know, they're certainly capable, we thought, of winning that game and certainly capable of winning this week, you know. And I I, you know, they're they're maybe as talented as anybody uh in six A. So now that they've got that defense playing like they do, you know, I, I don't know that they're not the favorite to win the whole thing in six A. Yeah, and, and yeah, kind of just backing up what Kyle said. I mean, if if Cathedral's defense is locked in, then that yeah, other teams should be worried because yeah, we were expecting them to win in a shootout. But I mean, they have names. You know, Ken, uh, Kendrick Gilbert is a really talented defensive lineman. Kais Gargat is really strong in the secondary. So I mean, the talent is there. So it was surprising that you know Cathedral was in so many shootouts. You know, and that Danny O'Neill kind of had to bail them out at times. So yeah, if that defense can be locked in, then I mean, that's a complete team. And yeah, I would say they're kind of putting other teams on notice with that performance against Brownsburg. One other game to to mention before we throw it open, you guys get your general takeaways. Monrovia keeps its run going with a 26 to 21 win over Owen Valley. Quite the run there uh, by the Bulldogs, Kyle. Yeah, unbelievable. I mean, you just don't see this in uh, in football that often. You know, occasionally you have a basketball team. I was thinking, you know, I was trying to correlate that to, you know, a, a run we've seen in basketball. Franklin last year in basketball had a uh, kind of a similar story. They made it to the regional final. They, I think they were eight and 14 going into the into the sectional. And then they won four games in a row and almost won the regional championship. They got a really good player. I'm getting off on a tangent, but Micah Davis is you know, one of the better juniors this year in the state. But but anyway, I mean, it's just you don't see that happen in football very often where a two and seven team, uh, you know, comes out and just uh, starts this type of a run where they're one game away now from the state championship game. And what a story that would be. You know, they're still not even 500. You know, they're six and seven. Uh, so, you know, that that's just it's amazing. Uh, and, and it's not like. You know, they beat a Danville team that, you know, granted their record wasn't great, but they had beat Tri-West and Western Boone, you know, going into that sectional final. Uh, both those teams were ranked in the top 10 all year, and Danville at one time was too. So, you know, they're just, uh, you know, credit Andy Olson, the Monrovia coach. You know, they're running the ball like, uh, you know, and to be honest, I mean, Monrovia has had some really good teams in the past under Kevin Hutchins. You know, they went to the state championship twice. Uh, running that same style of offense that, uh, you know, that belly series, they call it. It's kind of like a wing tee that they run. Uh, it's a unique offense. It's fun to watch. But, they you know, it's sort of similar what they're doing, and, and they're doing it really well. And, uh, you know, they've just – you know and they do play in a really tough conference too, so I think that's part of the reason why their record looks like it does. They play with Lutheran and, you know, Speedway and, and all those uh, teams that are in that uh, uh, Indiana Crossroads conference. But – 
but yeah, I mean, this is just uh, it's a story unlike uh, many we've seen lately. And, you know, they're going to be again up against it at Lawrenceburg. I mean, that's going to be a really tough opponent. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's cool. It's 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 a uh, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because it's a you know, it's fun to see uh, stories like that happen now and then. I'll leave it open to you guys before we get to the picks. Are there any other games or anything else that jumped out to you from regional week? No, I mean, for me, I would say Monrovia is kind of the, the biggest standout. And I guess it just speaks to the coaching staff and the program there. Because, again, if you're, what, at two and seven, you're thinking, okay, let's just get this over with. You know, I'm, let's kind of uh, yeah. hang, hang it up. And I don't really want to play. I mean, you're get, you're getting beat in. Trust me, I, I know. I, like I said, I never played in the postseason. So when you're getting <laughs> beat up week after week, it can be demoralizing, especially in football, especially when it's such a physical contact sport. So just credit to that program for keeping the kids engaged and and obviously turning it around because it, it didn't seem like they had like any injuries or any kind of miraculous comeback that really sparked them. It just seems like things are really clicking. So, I mean, shout out to those kids in the program for staying engaged and believing and, and playing well. Yeah, I'd say Whiteland was maybe one, you know, Whiteland, uh, you know, Put it on uh, Plainfield in the second half of that game. You know, not necessarily a surprise, but uh, you know, credit the Whiteland for what they've. I know, you know, we've we've talked about them before, but uh, you know, now they're one win away from a state championship. And you know, we've talked this season about five A being sort of a, one that class that's like, you know, what's going to happen? Who knows? Um, you know, we saw Plainfield. You know, they they were able to get a sectional title for the first time in twenty two years, and then. You know, so it's that been that type of year in 5A, but Whiteland's kind of been the one consistent, um, you know, throughout this whole season. They they kind of put us on alert and everybody on alert with uh, that Lawrence North win early in the season. And then you have continued to play really well uh, all year. So, you know, I think that's, uh, you know, we we could be seeing them play next weekend at Lucas Oil. And, and uh, you know, that would be pretty cool for a program that's had a lot of success under Darren Fisher, but uh, hasn't quite got uh, to the pinnacle just yet. Now it's time for the segment that Akeem is probably dreading, and that's the picks. Um, I'm trying to find the numbers frantically, but I know, Kyle, you added another game to your lead last week, correct? So you're up by, what, four now? Five. Thanks, five. Akeem. I wasn't going to say it. I'll let him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Five-game lead. Akeem, what, what went wrong last week? Let's dissect what went wrong for you so maybe we can clean up some of these mistakes now as, as we hit the final stretch. You know, I just uh, – some – I mean, there weren't bad picks at the time, you know. Uh, I, I, I just <laughs> had to go on a, on a limb. You know, there were some teams that let me down. I, I guess in that aspect, the Westfield Westfield performance was kind of the most shocking. Just kind of, I expected that to be a much better game. Obviously, I picked them to win. So that was a, that was kind of the, the biggest surprise, I would say. But, you know, we're in the postseason. These games could go either way, you know. So it's a toss-up, and, you know, maybe Kyle's luck will run out eventually. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I like how he called it luck, too, Kyle. Not skill, luck. Hey, neither one of us uh, really uh, set the world on fire. I was 8-4, and four, which is not uh, great, and Akeem was 7-5, and five, so neither one of us really uh, – we were kind of that uh, – if if those were college football records, we'd be playing like in the Cheez-It Bowl, maybe, or the uh, Gasparilla Bowl, 8-4 and four <laughs> and 7-5. and five. So we're not, uh, we're not in the college football playoff with those records. <laughs> what's the what's the French fry bowl? I want to play in that one where they dump the French fries on the coach after the game. I don't know what my record has that's to be a, to get into that one, but if it's six and six, we'll take it. Because that's an Idaho that's, potato bowl or something like that. Yes, yeah, that's my that's my dream bowl game. So yeah, hey, 
six and six is still good enough. <laughs> Idaho Potato Bowl wants to sponsor us. Let us know. Uh, we'll happily yeah. accept that and invites to bowl games in Boise. Uh, we can dump start... uh, potatoes on Akeem's head next time. Man. <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds delicious. Actually, does sound fun. We'll have to stow that away for next week. Um, let's start with the lower classes and work our way up. Let's start in Class A with Adam Central putting their undefeated record on the line on a road trip to North Judson, twelve and one. Um, Akeem, let's you. We'll let you have honors. <clears throat> yeah. So Adam Central is a, a really good program. They played in the state final last year against Lutheran and gave Lutheran a, a really good game. Probably the toughest game Lutheran's played in almost two years, uh, just with the way that they were able to play against them. So that's a that's a legit program, and they are kind of a very talented, kind of in the same way that Lutheran is. You know, they they expect to be here. They're familiar with the kind of the circumstances and everything like that. So I'm going Adam Central. And they're undefeated, by the way. So, yeah. Yeah, they were, uh, they did, they gave, uh, that game last year was one of the better games of the weekend when they played uh, Lutheran at Lucas Oil. And I, I didn't really expect that. I, you know, I thought, uh, you know, they're kind of a, they were kind of a running, not kind of, they really, they really try to run the ball with the, with different uh, running backs. And, you know, they had their quarterback is back, uh, Ryan Black. He played last year for them. And then, uh, their top defensive uh, linebacker uh, uh, Keegan Bloom is also back as well, but they did lose some of their uh, top rushers from last year. But uh, in the North Judson, you know, they seem to be better than they were a year ago. They kind of had a breakout year last year, but they have two 1,000 yard rushers this year, and then a, their quarterback is almost to a thousand too. So they could have three uh, 1,000 yard rushers, which I can't believe that happens very often. That's very rare, I would think. Uh, but I'm still going to, I think Adam Central, just because they've uh, been the team, uh, the, the you know, in the last year, I think they've got that uh, ability uh, to win again. And, and, you know, after watching them last year, I just kind of like how their program operates. And uh, I like their, their coach seems to really, he's been there a long time as well. So I'm going to take uh, Adam Central to uh, advance. Next up, Lutheran at North Decatur. Both teams are 13-0 on the year. Kyle, does Lutheran get it done? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I I know Brian, you're covering this game, and I'm I'm not sure what to expect necessarily, other than Lutheran. Uh, you know, everything they've done this year has just been so dominant. And again, last week they did allow some points, uh, so <laughs> that's uh, yeah, maybe uh, you know a negative, obviously for. Uh, but 49 to seven, they beat Providence. Uh, so that's the first seven points they've allowed in the tournament so far. Uh, you know, so I don't, I don't see them losing, but you know, North Decatur has been really good defensively, uh, all year long. Uh, they've forced 25 turnovers and allowed only uh, 6.8 points per game. So, you know, their offenses, their offensive numbers aren't, uh, you know, blow you away necessarily, but they have a quarterback, uh, Carson Palmer, uh, who's thrown for almost 2000 yards and they have a 1000 yard rusher as well. So, I don't know. They're they're uh they're interesting to me. They've shut out a whole bunch of teams. I can't remember how many, but you know, they've been one of the best defensive teams around uh in class one A. So I would hope you'd see a good game, Brian, but I still I think you'd be uh uh you know foolish and we'll see if Akeem's foolish, but I, I think you gotta pick Lutheran here. Yeah, no, I, I can't pick against Lutheran. And if we're talking quarterbacks, you know, I think Lutheran has the clear advantage in, in that aspect with Jackson Willis. I mean, these numbers, 3,600 yards passing. He's averaging 20 yards of completion at a 70% completion rate, 50 touchdowns. 
touchdowns and just five interceptions. So, I mean, that's just domination right there. And they're a really well, well machine, machine with talented receivers and a, a talented running back as well and Joe Davis. So, yeah, I, I can't pick against the Lutheran. I'm, I'm going with the Saints. Class A picks are in. Both guys are going with Adam Central over North Judson and Lutheran 13-0 over North Decatur, also 13-0. So they're going with the road teams in Class A. Class 2A, um, we have Fort Wayne Bishop Lures traveling to Andrian. Um, Kyle, who do you have there? Uh, yeah, I was uh, kind of going back and forth on that one. Andrian, th- these teams played uh, eight years ago in the semi-state. Andrian won uh, 17 to 15. So there is some history. Obviously, these programs, uh, two two of the better uh, in the smaller classes year in and year out. Lures is always, you know, seems like they always have several losses because they play you know, the 5A and 6A teams out of Fort Wayne. So, you know, their schedule sometimes is a lot tougher than other teams that they see. But Andrean's kind of the kind of the same way. You know, they play a really tough schedule as well, as well up there. Uh, Lures traditionally likes to throw the ball, and this is kind of the same deal this year. Uh, they have receiver Nick Thompson, who has 954 receiving yards, and uh, a quarterback, uh, Charlie Stansky, with over uh, 2,200 yards passing and 19 touchdowns. So, uh, and then on the other side, Andre and they have Drake Bowen. So uh, enough said with there. He he runs the ball, you know, basically 200 yards every game, and you know he's uh, has 125 tackles this year, which is crazy. So I, I'm taking Andre in, uh, kind of the Drake Bowen factor. They're the the, the defending champs, and uh, you know I think until proven differently, uh, they're the pick here. But uh, I, I think this will be a good game. It'll be a tough test, I think, for Andre and uh, to get through uh, to get through Lures. Kim, who you got? Yeah, I think Kyle pretty much nailed it there. You know, Drake Bowen is probably one, not even just one of the best players in the state, but one of the best players in the nation. You know, a four-star, five-star type recruit going to Notre Dame to play linebacker. And he's also like a five-star base recruit at baseball, too. So just a, a really talented athlete. I'm sure he could do whatever he wanted to. He had, he had 227 yards rushing last game. So I, yeah, when you have the best player on the field and he plays both ways, it's just kind of hard to bet against that. So I'm going Andrean. All right, both picks are in for Andrean. Um, Linton Stockton, 13-0, traveling to Evansville Matter Day at 10-3. and Akeem? Yeah, and this is kind of another just interesting quarterback matchup between the two teams. Hunter Jennings was someone I got familiar with last week. Just again, he's kind of their leading passer and rusher. Just kind of love the dual threat ability that he has. And then on the other side, there's Mason Wonderlick, who's a kind of a six five pocket passer, you know, can really operate well with out of the spread and, you know, distribute the ball to his receivers. So kind of a contrasting styles on offense there. But uh I'm going with Linton Stockton just because I think they're playing well and I, I really like their quarterback. Kyle? Yeah, these teams have met, uh, you know, in, in, kind of interesting. They played in the same sectional uh, from 2018 until last year, and Evansville Modern Day won all all of those games. Uh, last year was 28-27, so these teams are very familiar, even though, you know, sometimes this point in the tournament, teams don't know each other very well, but these two do. Um, you know, Linton Stockton has to travel down to play Modern Day, uh, which I think in a game like this will matter, and I also think it'll matter that, uh, you know, I can mention the quarterbacks and both are very good. Uh, Mason Wunderlich took this team to the state finals last year. So, you know, I'm going to go uh, the opposite of Akeem here and take uh, modern day to win uh, because I like that experience uh, with, with Wunderlich, uh, you know, passing and he's got, uh, he's got four receivers with at least uh, 27 catches. So, 
you know, he can spread it out to a lot of different guys. They beat a very good uh, Triton Central team last week. Uh, we've talked about Triton Central all year. They put 35 points up on that team, which uh, that's that's I don't think that had been done this season. So uh, I'm going to take a modern day to make it. And, you know, that would actually set up a rematch of last year's championship game between modern day and Andrean. All right, the first pick of the day where the boys differ. Let's move up to 3A. We have uh, Monrovia traveling to Lawrenceburg. Monrovia 6-7, and seven, Lawrenceburg 11-1. and one. Kyle, does the dream season keep rolling for Monrovia? Man, I, we keep picking against them, and uh, they keep winning. So I, it's probably not smart to do so, but uh, I just think Lawrenceburg, I was looking at this game yesterday, and they, uh, you know, Lawrenceburg, since they lost to East Central, who we'll talk about in a minute, but uh, the first game of the year, those teams always play each other, their uh, neighbors, and they lost 38-3. to three. Since then, then 12 games have given up 40 points total <laughs> the whole season. Uh, so pretty incredible uh, defense by Lawrenceburg all year. Uh, so, you know, and they're going to see a really good running team, running game from Monrovia, like we touched on earlier. Uh, but, uh, you know, Brayton Belcher and, and, uh, you know, Josie hand have been both really running the ball well for Monrovia. Elias Wagner too, has hit some big passes when they've needed it. Uh, and they they did last week against Owen Valley. Uh, but I just think, you know, Tegan Bennett and that, uh, Lawrenceburg offense, uh, you know, I I think they're going to be tough to stop as well. And I'm going to take Lawrenceburg. I think, uh, you know, and I think this will be actually a pretty close game, too. I think it could be relatively low scoring, uh, but I'll take uh, Lawrenceburg to win. The game, who you got? Yeah, so we're going to differ here, too. I mean, I think <laughs> when you're having a dream season, you just got to gotta ride the wave at this point. And like Kyle was saying, both teams, they, they love to run the ball. There probably won't be, you know, more than 12 passes combined between either team. But uh, like he was saying, Eli Wagner's kind of added a play-action element to the team that, you know, when they run the ball, run the ball, and then they kind of lull them to sleep and they have that kind of aspect where they can go, you know, over the top with the play-action. So that's kind of an interesting thing that Monrovia can do. So I think when they have that in their back pocket, they can get the big play when they need to. So I think uh, the dream stays alive. I'm going Monrovia. All right, all right. Bishop Jatar, 9-4, is going up to West Lafayette to play the West Lafayette team. That is 13-0. Akeem, who you got there? Yeah, this is, again, another kind of good quarterback matchup with Max Mullis and Drew Van Fleet. Max Mullis is, has... Uh, you know, over 2,500 yards passing and a thousand yards rushing, 52 total touchdowns. Kind of a maybe a sleeper, Mr. Football pick for all we know. Just kind of with the the numbers that he's putting up. So when you have kind of that again, like I said, the mastery of an offense, I kind of want to go with that. So I'm going West Lafayette. Kyle. Yeah, we're going to disagree again. I'm going to take wow, wow, uh, wow. hard. So it's going to be you know it's, it's Akeem's chance to come back. Uh, but yeah, I think I think uh, you know Chittard is Chittard plays a lot tougher schedule than West Lafayette. I'm not you know, and I think West Lafayette traditionally you know they prove themselves uh, clearly by what they've done over the years. But but I, I do think just talking this specific season, I think Chittard you know playing some of those better games, even though their record looks uh, quite a bit you know they're nine and four compared to thirteen and zero. Uh, but I do think playing those games will end up helping them in a game like this. Uh, Drew Van Vliet. Uh, Akeem mentioned he's 2,600 passing yards, and he's got uh, Noah Dudick and Aiden Duncan both have over 700 uh, receiving yards uh, this season. So I, I'm going to take Chittard, and, and this is also a rematch of uh, yeah, 2015. They played in the state championship game. So uh, these te- teams do have a history of playing each other. Uh, I'll take Chittard to win.
Brian, I think you're muted. Brian, yeah, you're. I'm batting a thousand today, boys. Uh, New Prairie <laughs> at Kokomo. Both teams are 12 and one. Um, we're starting off here in Class 4A. Kyle, who do you have in this one? Uh, let's see here. Uh, pull this up. Okay. Well, you yeah, looked that I'm up, gonna... Kyle. I... Oh, okay. What's that? I was saying, if you were looking it up, I could go with my pick. But if you got it, you go ahead. Okay, I'm going to take Kokomo. Uh, I like, uh, you know, Austin Colby. He's the son of uh, his dad, Brett, uh, led uh, Kokomo uh, for several years. They went to the state finals in 2017, uh, and uh, you know, didn't win this, didn't win state that year, but were able to make it. They're running kind of a similar type of offense now again. Uh, and they, another team that really likes to run the ball, uh, they have they another team that could have three 1,000-yard uh, rushers. Already Evan Barker and Darian Story are there, and then uh, Keegan Name has uh, over 900 yards. So, again, pretty rare that that happens. Uh, New Prairie, uh, they uh, are looking to make it for the first time since 2014. They played New Pile that year, and, uh, you know, New Pile was really strong and beat them in the, in the state finals. But... They're more of a balanced team. Like they can run in, throw. Uh, but I think Kokomo playing at home, uh, I like the uh, Wildcats to make it to the state championship game. Akeem? Yeah, so we'll differ here as well. I'm, I'm going New Prairie. I'm, like Kyle was saying, they kind of have a, a balanced attack, but their running back, Noah Mangia, is just a really strong runner with good vision and speed. He's kind of someone that stood out to me just kind of watching some film there. And they have a dual-threat quarterback and Marshall Misik. I'm sorry if I butchered the kid's name, but again, a dual-threat running back always just adds an interesting element to the offense. So I'm going New Prairie. Ron Colley, 12-1, traveling to East Central, 11-2. and Akeem? Yeah, these teams already met in uh, Ron Colley one, but it was a, a two point game, 21 19. So, I mean, obviously, you know, neither team has a clear advantage over the other. Uh, Ron Colley obviously had a big test against New Pal. And, you know, like Kyle was saying, that could have been considered their state championship game. So maybe they're right for a letdown. You know, maybe how do you come down from that emotional high and play a team you've already beaten before? You know, these are these are teenagers. So maybe there could be some apathy that sets in. You know, on the on the uh, Ron Colley side, but I say that to say I'm still picking Ron Colley. <laughs> there he is, Kyle. Who you got? I thought you were just sucking up to East Central for your trip down there uh, Friday, <laughs> but I guess not. Uh, I agree. I think Ron Colley. I think you don't make it this far and win that big of a game to lose at this point. Um, I know that's uh, easier said than done, though, because you know I've seen Josh Ringer. I was just so impressed with him last year, seeing him in person. And he's going to be tough to stop, and they won't stop him the whole time. But I think they'll do it enough, you know. And Cole Burton, and uh, he's a quarterback. All these guys are juniors. Burton, Ringer, and Ryan Brotherton, their top receiver, are all back next year, so they're going to be uh, really good next. I don't know what they have all coming back elsewhere, but having those three back, man, they're going to be very explosive. So uh, this should be a great game. This may be uh, one of the best games of the night, maybe the best game of the night, but. I'm going to take Ron Colley to uh, advance and beat East Central on the road. Moving up to Class 5A, let's start with Valparaiso, 9-3 at Fort Wayne Snyder, 11-1. Um, uh, Kyle, let's start with you. Yeah, so Snyder had to come back. They were down 21-0 uh, last week to Mishawaka, came back and won that game uh, by the score of 41-27. to So they really got the offense going. They have uh, Kamari Suarez is a – receiver, uh, punt returner. Uh, he had a punt return for a touchdown last week. 
Uh, Langston Lavelle is their running back, and, and uh, Luke Halpert, their quarterback. So they're uh, they're ranked number one uh, in the state in, in 5A. Again, they always play a very good schedule. A lot of 6A and 5A opponents up there in Fort Wayne for them to play. Valpo was kind of a uh, upset pick. Uh, they beat uh, Merrillville last week 15-14 to 14, uh, to advance and uh, avenge a loss during the year. They got blown out by Merrillville. So, uh, again, these teams are always, you know, Two traditional uh, powers uh, up in the north uh, part of the state. I'm going to take uh, Snyder. I just think based on what they've done all year uh, and playing at home, this is a little bit of a trip uh, for Valpo to to drive over there and play. So I, I like uh, Snyder to advance. Akeem? Yeah, I mean, part of me wants to go contrary. And, you know, because Valpo beating Maryville, I know Maryville is a very talented team in their area. They, they've not done they're known to have several, you know, Division One kind of high-level players on that team, especially, you know, for that part of the state. You know, they've always had really talented teams. So beating them carries a lot of weight kind of in my book. Oh, man. But hmm, Kyle made such a good point for Fort Wayne Schneider. I think I might go – I think I have to go Fort Wayne Schneider there. Just kind of <laughs> – to play it a little safe, I, of course, I'll probably kick myself if Valpo wins, but I think I'll play it safe and go with kind of the more traditional – favorite in, in a sense and go with Fort Wayne, but I think this game could be a toss up. Whiteland 11 and one at Castle eight and four Akeem. Yeah, uh, again, we've we've touched on Whiteland again, just kind of with the, the season they have. I think you asked me at our selection show, who is the, the best team in, in, in 5A? And I, I hesitantly said Whiteland, and it's, it's looking a lot better now, obviously, because they've continued to play well. They're really sound on defense. Their offense is a well-oiled machine there with the three multiple running backs and Kevin Denham, that quarterback, kind of being that point guard that can get the ball wherever he needs to on time and on target. So I think Whiteland's kind of on a collision course with the state final kind of been like that since the beginning of the year so i'm, I'm going whiteland well yeah i'm gonna have to agree i think uh, whiteland's the pick here uh castle though you know surprising win uh over uh, bloomington south last week bloomington south was ranked third in the state uh so you had snyder whiteland and and um uh, bloomington south ranked one two three and then castle rolls in and beats bloomington south 31 to 14 so that does kind of raise my attention uh, a little bit. And, and this is a very long trip uh, to go down to Castle to play for Whiteland. So I think sometimes in these semi-state games where you have to travel all over, it is a little bit of a factor more than, you know, obviously the sectional where you're close. But I don't know. I just I feel like Whiteland, even though, uh, you know, this is probably a tougher game than it, it appears. I think Whiteland will uh, will advance and, and then uh, play Snyder next week. And then that would be a one versus two uh, matchup in the state championship game. All right, moving up to Class Six A as we round out this week's picks. Let's start with HSE twelve and zero at Carroll twelve and zero. Kyle, what's your read on this one? Yeah, I think you summed it up, Brian, with HSE how they how well they played against Westfield and and defensively uh, shutting that team out. You know, and and I've been really impressed as the years gone along defensively. They've just seemed to get better and better. They've only allowed thirteen points in their three uh, tournament wins. So. You know, really impressive uh, performance uh, and that offense, Jalen Alexander. I was, you know, he's a better running back than I thought, even uh, after watching the Fishers game. Uh, some of the moves he makes, the spin moves, and then cutting back across the field and, you know, the tackles he breaks, you know, he's not a huge running back, but he's he's tough. Uh, you know, and, and then, you know, they just, they're very, you know, they, they kind of said this, they're just kind of blue collar. You know, they're not going to, 
you know, just impress you with a whole bunch of, they're kind of not like Cathedral, where Cathedral will make a lot of plays that you're like, man, just jaw-dropping plays, but uh, they're, they're, but they're effective in what they do. Uh, Carroll's got a, a young quarterback, a sophomore, Jimmy Sullivan, who's having a really good year, and they have a, their story is interesting because they're, they're, Owen Shield, who was who was going to be their quarterback, passed away the, over the summer. Uh, so it's an emotional type of a story for Carroll. Uh, but uh, you know, I just I feel like the talent level for HSC. Uh, I just you know, and they played a better schedule overall than Carroll. But you know, I don't going on the road. You know, again, you know, you never know. Uh, Carroll's got this game at home. Uh, but, uh, typically when we've seen these matchups, you know, where it's been, um, you know, Indianapolis area team against the Fort Wayne team over the years, at least in six, a, I should specify it's been, it's been the, uh, our local teams have, have fared pretty well. So I'm, I'm going to take HSC to advance. Akeem. Yeah, I mean, I, there's not much I'm to see as well. I think Kyle kind of summed it up well. And I guess for us, we kind of get enamored with the passing attack. But like uh, you guys were saying, if Alexander is running the ball like that, that gives them another element where they don't need to. I mean, I know Donovan Hamilton, he's a great, you know, long ball specialist, contested catch. But if they can run the ball with that kind of success, they don't need to kind of take those shots downfield and play that kind of risky kind of offense. They can really just control the ball ground and pound and rely on their defense. And that's a, a great formula for success. So I'm going HSC as well. Last game of the week, that's Center Grove 10-2 at Cathedral 10-1. A rivalry game with the state championship berth on the line. Akeem, who are you going with? Yeah, and I know Kyle reported it yesterday that this game is going to be played at Tech and not uh, Arlington. Uh, maybe, I don't know if if it's a home field advantage or I don't I don't really want to speak to that about the field at Arlington, but maybe playing at Tech now, maybe it'll be a faster game, so to say. I don't know. I'm not saying anything one way or another, but so that, <laughs> that kind of throws that aspect out of, the, throws the mud bowl uh, aspect out of the window, you know, when they're playing at Tech. Um, but, you know, both teams are, I've had a chance to see both of them. Uh, Cathedral, obviously, with their passing attack and Center Grove with their rushing attack led by Michael Co- Micah Coyle. Uh, but uh, I guess it just comes down to the defense. And um, Center Grove, they were a little, you know, kind of susceptible through the pass and kind of a, a, a scrambling quarterback that can extend plays. And I think that's Danny O'Neill. You know, he's not the biggest guy, but he can certainly move very well and he can create in the pocket and he can move, create outside of the pocket as well. And if you have a Jerron Tibbs, that's a really scary thought, you know, and, and Brandon Wooten as well. So I think I'm going to go Cathedral. I th- obviously, I think it's going to be a close game. And both, obviously, the teams know each other well, so there's not going to be any secrets. But I just think Cathedral, with the way they're playing on defense, has enough to get it done. Kyle, who are you going with? Yeah, so this was uh, interesting how all this worked out with the field situation. Uh, and I don't know that, you know, as it worked out, you know, because there there was, you know, having covered this game last year, there was a lot of uh, uh, anger, I would say, about from Center Grove about the field conditions at Arlington last year. And, but honestly, it ended up, you know, it hurt Cathedral in a, in a few areas. It, you know, obviously it wasn't a, it had rained all week and it was just a mud pit basically. And, and it was fun if, for someone who had no, you know, uh, invested in the outcome. Uh, it was fun to cover it. And I've covered lots of those games over the years. Like mud, those mud games don't really exist as much anymore because everybody's got turf now. So uh, I just thought it was fun from, and I know Grace, our photographer loved it because she got great <laughs> photos out of it. So we're going to miss that part of it. I, I, I kind of was looking forward to that and uh, hearing all the griping <laughs> about the uh, <laughs> conditions, but, uh, but 
you know, as it turned out, I didn't even realize this was possibly that, that I didn't know, I, you know, you, as you cover this stuff, I forgot that, you know, they, this matchup could even happen again and it would be Cathedral's home game. I hadn't even thought about that. So, uh, and then I heard late last week that, Hey, you know, this game is going to be played at Arlington if, if, uh, and it's like, <laughs> Oh wow, this, this could be fun. But as it turns out, they're moving it to tech tech's a great venue. It's a bigger stadium. Uh, it makes a lot of sense to play it there. Uh, it'll be a better, you know, it'll be, you know, the, they have turf, you know, it's big, they'll get more fans in. It makes complete sense to move it there. So I, I like that it's there actually, um, you know, so I think it'll be fine. They played the, these two teams have played against each other there before uh, in the past. So it'll be a great atmosphere. Tech's a great venue for a, this type of game. And I think actually this may work, you know, kind of ironically, uh, maybe to Cathedral's benefit to play this because they're probably a little bit more of a passing team. So uh, that may be, you know, kind of ironic that it works out that way. But I and who knows? I mean, the way, you know, as Akeem said, I mean, Coyle ran for 300 yards last week. So it's not like they're uh, not playing well uh, either. But I just think at the end of the day, you know, I think Cathedral having beat Center Grove uh, in the regular season game, I think that's motivation for Center Grove. I, I think that kind of adds to the chip on the shoulder type of a thing that they have to them. Um, you know, I, and, and even in the moment, I was like, man, it seems like they, they uh, kind of enjoy that, uh, you know, sort of thing. So us against the world type of mentality. Uh, I think that'll play into their favor on uh, Friday a little bit. And, you know, it seems like they're getting a little bit more healthy than they've been. Uh, I think it's going to be a great game. Uh, I think Cathedral's probably the pick, but I'm going to take a little bit of an upset and take a Center Grove uh, to win and make it to the state finals for a third consecutive year, which is uh, fairly unheard of at that level of football. So, uh, but yeah, I can't wait to see this game. I think, again, I think it could go either way, but I'll take the Trojans to win. All right, Akeem trails by five, and the boys differ on five games this week. So this is a chance for Akeem to even us all up going in and add new meaning to it's a new season on state championship weekend. Uh, just a quick recap as we run through things. Kyle is on Center Grove over Cathedral. Akeem is on New Prairie over Kokomo and Monrovia over Lawrenceburg, while Kyle is picking Chittard and Evansville Matter Day. So those are the picks. The picks are in. Um, Kyle, I know you have a lot coming up this week with semi-state, so we'll start the what you got this week with you, sir. Yeah, so uh, actually lots of basketball stuff, but I've got a, a couple stories on football, the predictions, and then another story kind of about uh, tying some of these teams together. Uh, as, you know, I asked the coaches to kind of give me, hey, one, what's one word that kind of sums up your, your team? And uh, so I've got some good answers on that and some kids who maybe exemplify that on each of their teams. Uh, so I'll look for that uh, coming out uh, Thursday, I think. And uh and then lots of basketball stuff, kind of rolling out some stuff too. But, uh, but yeah, we'll uh, leave it for football for now. But that's what I got coming for football. And then I'll I'll be covering that game I just talked about, the Center Grove Cathedral game. Akeem, what you got up on uh, Butler beat and and anything else you have coming this week? Yeah, no, just a lot of a lot of Butler stuff. You know, they played last night against Penn State, so we got a you know a quick story and a follow from that game. And then we have another game Thursday. Thursday and then another game Saturday. So just uh, it's going to be a pretty Butler heavy week for me. Good stuff. Good stuff for me and my sports. We'll have some basketball games this week between Clark and I. Um, lots of stuff going on Saturday. A lot of big games, including the Johnson County Tournament Championship game. And then we'll also have our volleyball super teams, um, which should come out later this week. And we'll have, of course, um, soccer teams get out last week. So go to IndyStar.com to check out those. And yeah, we got some other big stuff in the works here, which we'll uh, start unveiling and rolling out here over the coming days. 
We have some surprises in store for next week's show, potentially. Um, we'll keep those under wraps, but keep an eye on social media for that, as well as updates on the picks. Um, for Kyle and Aki, my name is Brian Henschen, and we'll talk to you all next week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.